from the Huffington Post in New York City, in the back room in the style closet. This is the HuffPost Weird News Podcast. I'm Buck Wolf, and it is crowded in here, filled with a lot of people and a lot of lies, a lot of big lies. And a long time ago, I was told something that might be a lie in and of itself, and that is from Goebbels himself. If you tell a big enough lie and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from political, economic, and military consequences of the lie. And that was supposedly said by Joseph Goebbels, Hitler's spin master, minister of propaganda. He might be the greatest public relations man of all time, and I'm sitting here with perhaps the second greatest public relations man of all time, Joey Skaggs. Hello, Joey. Hi, Buck. And he's brought along his director... Andrea Marini. Hello, sir. Hi, Buck. And you've spent the last three years. (laughs) Three years and a half, actually. Yeah, telling the story of Joey Skaggs, a guy who was a Greenwich Village denizen, an artist who developed uh, a a sort of brand of performance art and hoaxing that really uh, influenced media. It influenced a generation of people who change who change media, influence media, bend media. Um, I, I mean, I love you from the early days, Joey, from like, you're, like I love having lunch with you uh, uh, and listening to your stories about Paul Krasner and what Greenwich Village was like in the 1960s. And, uh, you know, at that point in the city, um, uh, I saw in the movie from your early days there, uh, the tours you had of hippies. Like, at that time, people from all over the country, this is early 1970, man, you know, New York City. 68. 68. People are going downtown to see what the scene looks like, the Greenwich Village scene, the inside Lewin Davis scene, the the, the, uh, Bob Dylan busking uh, on the sidewalk for bucks and performing at places like the Gas House and Cafe Wa and all those places. And Joey was hanging out around then. And when these tourists came in, Joey's reaction was to take a bunch of hippies and go out to the suburbs. You go out to Long Island. You go out to the nice little suburbs with the picket fences and the swimming pools. And you bring hippies there to take pictures of these idiots mowing their lawns and selling the Girl Scout cookies. And... Uh, it's a reverse. It's showing society for what it is. And what I saw in the film, Joey, was uh, the event that you did based on the uh, Christmas manger that seemed to influence how you felt about the media. And uh, it was a depiction of uh, of Christ in the manger and stuff, except it was twisted a little bit in your own way. Just, Just give me a recap of it. Because it's still fresh in my mind. It was a Vietnamese nativity. Uh, it was uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as Vietnamese peasants, uh, sheep, uh, dressed as um, white businessmen. Um, I had soldiers, um, Vietnam era, fake guns, helmets. These were all your hippie friends. These are all my friends, all my yeah. artist friends. And we built a manger and... Uh, you know, it was symbolic of what was going on at the time, and the idea was to attack it and to burn it to the ground on Christmas Day in Central Park. 
and uh, I was on WBAI making announcements about what I was going to do and got some press and I had a lot of people that were going to be there to help and of course the police came and uh, they weren't pleased. And I guess if I could try to interpret that the way the way you intended it to mean is that uh, the people who were being killed there were just that. There were people and they were just as Christian and worthy of dignity and respect right. as people over here. Right. And you could change things around a little bit. Right. And uh, it, it's very much like uh, what we appreciate about the, the Christ story. And right. That is right. some, some, someone in, innocent and pure is killed right. for no good reason. Right. And as a result, uh, humanity is forced to confront the old— it's evil and the evil in itself. My techniques back then were ironic reversals or juxtapositions of reality or direct political statements like the bus tour to Queens was an ironic reversal, taking yeah. hippies out to suburbia. And then Christ-like, around this period, you drug a crucifix that was uh, a skull and crossbones, right? It was just sort of like a, a, a grotesque version uh, a, of the Christ from Easter. A dead and decayed figure on a cross. And I dragged it down Fifth Avenue. During the Easter parade? Up to the doors of St. Patrick's. That might have upset a few people. It did. <laughs> but what influenced you about that incident is the way the New York Times and perhaps other publications covered it. Right. You were uh, you were booked for littering? Yeah. The media— <laughs> you know, They didn't know what else to book you for. Well, that's right. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll just find any reason they want if, they're, if they are morally offended— uh, and self-righteous about their beliefs and, and they don't like what you're doing and you're attacking the status quo, they will, you know, use any method, any rule uh, to uh, to bust you. And just like they killed Christ back in those days, Jesus only became a greater force in the world. And Joey Skaggs somehow <laughs> became a greater force in this world wow. because because the anger and— well. Uh, uh, well, the anger was unleashed, and it was funneled into your art, and it was funneled. It, it was pointed at the media, and turned around into something. Because from there, uh, your target wasn't necessarily the war or anything in politics. It was it, you went Marshall McLuhan on them. The enemy was the message. The the, the medium was the yeah. was was the problem, right. and it was all forms of media, not just TV, right. not just print. It was. However, it existed. Right. I mean, that's the way it was depicted in the movie. Are you you completely happy with the way Andre? Uh, oh, I am. This he, is your origin story. I, yeah, I think it's, he did a, a great job. This is how you became Batman or Superman yeah. or Jesus or <laughs> yeah. the Jesus right. of hoaxing, <laughs> yeah. the or, Goebbels or, or Bigfoot <laughs> or the Bigfoot of hoaxing. <laughs> yeah. Like through the years, from this moment. Joey Skaggs becomes a force in Greenwich Village and the New York Times, the Boston Globe, ABC News, where I started, uh, all hoaxes, all hoax by Joey Skaggs. And like Goebbels, when we started started this, the big lie is what they fell for. And as uh, this quote, of course, by uh, that's attributed to – uh, Goebbels and Nazi Germany and, and Nazi tactics has been questioned in, in, in recent years. And it, who knows who actually said it and how it, how it evolved. It is complicated and it's worth examining on the internet itself. The big lie is a big lie. Does that make you laugh a little bit? That's right. <laughs> it's hilarious, but there's truth in it no matter who said it 
And Joey's proved that over and over again. If you see the movie Art of the Prank, I just saw a screening in New York in the 70s, really. uh, You really rose to prominence. I mean, your first biggie, right, is the Cat House for Dogs. Cat House for Dogs. And we went over these stories a million times, but they're so great. I uh, I mean, I first did my first stories about Joey in, I'd say, the late 90s. And I had never seen the footage that Andrea pulled together uh, in this film. And it will delight you. Um, It is wonderful because, you know, uh, what you see essentially uh, uh, at first, it all begins with an ad in the Village Voice. And the ad... Uh, you uh, you advertise a cat house for dogs featuring a savory selection of hot, hot bitches. bitches from pedigree Fifi the French Poodle to Mutt's Lady the Tramp, handler and vet on duty, stud and photo service available. No weirdos, no weirdos please. please. Dogs only. By appointment and my phone number. Yes. So it's just a phone number and an ad in the Village Voice. But the thing is, it's one thing to create an ad like that. And you see ads like this all the time. And you see people who put together uh, YouTube videos with a little Photoshop in it. But Joey has skills. He can put it forward. And as you saw from his voice, he's an actor. And not only is an actor, he's a boy from Kentucky who knows, a little, who knows his way around a hammer and a toolbox. And he can build props. And that's part of the whole shebang. And in a, in a neighbor's apartment, I suppose, you, you actually had the media come in to see your, your, your whorehouse for dogs. Yeah, a loft downtown. It was a loft downtown, and yeah. you showed them the dogs, and you explained that, that, that the, uh, your hot bitches were injected with a substance that supposedly put them in heat. And uh, the media came on. They did they did. Interviews with Joey and the dogs. Some of the dogs actually ha- got some sex there. I saw from the footage. It's hilarious. And it is wonderful to see this. And uh, what you see next is that it is a layered fantasy. And that is where it really gets cool. And that's where you get cool in your later events uh, where you somehow got some people who were, who were indignant and angry with the fact that that, that you were uh, abusing these animals. That's right. And, and in fact, you got... Uh, that was all faked. It was all faked. But it was faked enough uh, for one news organization, perhaps a local ABC affiliate, to win a, a local Emmy right. for it and for a uh, prosecutor to charge you with crimes right. for this. It. And all this is caught on tape. It's it's all filmed. It is wonderful. And this is the first of many great scams that you'll see here. I hadn't seen uh, much of this footage. There's about a teenth of it on the web, some of it on Joey's site, Art of the Hoax. But you haven't seen it put together like this. And that is really a lot of the joy in the movie because it's one thing to read about it. It's one thing to even see little snippets of it. But to see the whole thing explained is a thing of beauty. Congratulations on thank that. Thank you. And thank Andrea. And, and, thanks, and thank you. It's three years and it's worth it. Yeah. And you speak to some of the journalists who, you know, got sort of like uh, – am I the only one who, who was hoaxed to actually spoke there? Several journalists like – did interpretations. And several journalists journalists didn't turn up. <laughs> but they, they put your work in historical context. 
Richard Johnson of the New York Post, legendary editor. Yeah. He had published maybe the Richard, Richard, April Fool's Day Parade. Um, I don't know which one it was. I, um, I think they did uh, the cockroach vitamin pill. Or they may have done a number of them. But, you know, Richard, Richard is, a, is, a, is, a, is a friend. And, uh, and um, I was really appreciative that he gave of himself uh, to talk about uh, my work. Uh, being a journalist and uh, being in support of of what it is that I do and trying to explain uh, to everyone watching the movie that, uh, you know, what I do is inherently dangerous to me because I, I uh, irritate uh, Because there a might be people. like a, a uh, Irish cop who, who could see you um, insulting uh, his religion by your depiction of... Uh, well, I had a confessional booth, you know, and, it's and a you, and Yes. I mean, you so many characters you've created over the years, and one of them involved acting, carpentry, and bicycle riding. You, <laughs> yeah. In the seven, was it the 92 convention? Yes. That, that you yes. rode around uh, Madison Square Garden? Was yeah, it? yeah. Uh, the Democratic in, Convention. The Democratic Convention. This is the, this is the, this is the year of Clinton. Yeah. Uh, and you're there dressed as a priest, yeah, uh, uh, in a, a bicycle, a, a three wheel bicycle, dragging a confessional that had the, uh, you, uh, you apparently were. It was Portafest. Portafest. Yeah, religion portable, on a move. Religion on a move for people on the go. The church yes. must go where the sinners are. And uh, there, um, I forget the name of the journalist, but I recognized him uh, in Steve Powers. Yes. That was one of them. It was a numerous journalists. I mean, it, it got coverage all around the world. Reporting from the convention floor. Yeah. With, oh, oh, oh. With, with well, everything in the That background. was uh, uh, Jack Hafferty. Jack Hafferty. Yeah, I got a Jack. New York I, Levert, a New York legend. <laughs> I've done Jack about six times. <laughs> who, was, who was just, just saying, he's like, and if any of these politicians are feeling guilty. We invited Jack to the screening, but he didn't respond. Yeah, he doesn't have the guts to show up. Yeah, he wasn't going to show up. Uh, so you've been a priest a number of times, and then when you did the cockroach vitamin pill, right? Uh, you were more you were Italian-ish. You were Giuseppe. I was uh, I was a um, I was Gregor Samsa. I was Gregor. Uh, yes, I was Franz Kafka, Metamorphosis. You know, yes. uh, that character. I created a super strand of cockroach that I've been feeding toxins to, and the roaches developed immunities to the toxins, and I extracted the cockroach hormones, and I made a vitamin pill that cured arthritis, acne, anemia, and menstrual cramps and made one invulnerable to nuclear radiation. And uh, I had a, a press conference and I announced my incredible discovery. Eat cockroaches, survive the war. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I made UPI and hundreds of newspapers and um, Jack Cafferty and Sue Simmons had me on uh, Live at Five. And I went on in a you know white suit, Panama hat, mirrored sunglasses, Cockroach T-shirt, sitting saying metamor- they bought it all, they even the it hokey all. outfit. <laughs> the hokey outfit. You, you know, what you look like in that one. You look like Father Guido Sarducci <laughs> yeah. from the original Saturday Night Live, yeah. or Leon Redbone. Warden Leon Redbone. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So when I got to ABC, of course, it was a few years after you, 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 you hoaxed David Hartman into thinking that uh, that you were uh, Joe Bones. A former Marine. That's right. Uh, who had uh, enlisted a bunch of commandos for the ultimate diet. 
We'll beat the crap in if you people, get chocolate cake. He was he was there on the set of GMA with a bunch of commandos in tight T-shirts and sunglasses, muscly, who would physically restrain you from eating. They're the fat squad. And Good Morning America had to come on the next day, and David Hartman just said right out, I was had. Yeah. And David Hartman was a guy with a lot of credibility. Oh, my God. In his day, David Hartman ruled morning TV. He was, like, up there with Walter Cronkite in the way he was beloved in his time on the screen. And, and he ruled the airways. And you— uh, I took him down. Well, <laughs> no. anyone in journalist, journalism can be scammed. It's very easy yeah. Uh, yeah. in the end. And but, I, think, I, you know, I gave lots of clues, like my name is Joe Bones. Mm-hmm. It, but he got—he didn't get it. And they bought the, they bought the big lie. And I think journalists, they talk about journalism. They say it's the first draft of history. And if you're a good journalist, you appreciate the fact that it's a humbling profession. And it's, it's rough. And seeing, you know, when journalists have big corrections, you know, it's always fascinating to me. And you've probably seen the range of it, you know. For a long time now. Yeah. And it is amazing how people react. Um, And you keep doing it over and over again. Is it harder to do now? I wish I could say it was. It's it's just as easy? (laughs) Yes. It's it's a sad statement. So in the movie, we take you from 1970 to the present time. No, it take me from 1966. I dragged the crucifix into Tompkins Square Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Lower East Side, and I did it for four consecutive Easter's. The last Easter, in 1969, was down Fifth Avenue up to the doors of St. Patrick's. I always have to get bigger and better. Well, you know, that was, I think, the only, beside the April Fool's Day Parade, that was the only thing I ever repeated myself on because it was a powerful image, and it really provoked people, and I was inter- interested in, in provoking people at the time in a, in a really in a confrontational, in-your-face way. Yeah. I like the fact that the movie, we go back and forth in time, and we see you doing uh, some acts today where you, you're building a missile. Yeah. Something you did, like right when I started at HuffPost, you had Santa's mistletoe, right. except it wasn't a little piece, uh, a little sprig of what mistletoe hanging from the ceiling that you kiss under. It was a missile that he towed around Manhattan on the back of a bicycle. With a slingshot. With a slingshot. <laughs> and I was Santa Claus. Yeah. And it was peace on earth or else. And you had elves singing. You, you yeah. Get, I mean, part of this is you're, you, you're a Svengali for <laughs> a young generation of people who just want to fuck the media. Yeah. Well, make a uh, social political comment. And to do that, I mean, I was at ABC at the time, and I, I assigned a kid to follow you around that day, a guy named Mike McLaughlin. Right. And uh, it is pretty great. Um, the fact that you build these things on top of everything else, on top of the fact that you have the guts to put this together and you have the legal resources to know just how far you can go before you get arrested, um, and you have the, the acting chops, and you have the organizing ability to get people to participate with you. I'm really lucky. I mean— Really lucky. It, a lot goes into, like, one day of fun— what what I, one of my takeaways from watching this is it is a whole lot of work. It is, yeah, it is. And in the film, there is a big prank that we get into in this. And Joey, why don't you tell us 
you know, exactly in your words, okay. the prank that people will learn <clears throat> from taking this film. Well, I uh, had the foresight to collect um, all the media media material that I got uh, when I did something from the '60s on and attempt to preserve it. So I have all of the newspaper magazine stories laminated and so they didn't turn brown and yellow so we could digitize them. And I have a massive collection of video and film and all formats that we were digitizing yeah, for the for Truly the one of the great strengths of the film. Well, thank you. And, yeah. and it's, I had to haul all that stuff, protect, preserve, and haul it around wherever I went to, you know, to have it. Yeah. So we could, if I didn't have it, there wouldn't be a movie. Right. And um, the New York Times, ABC News, they're the canvas upon which Joey Skaggs paints. That's right. And um, the media is my medium. That's exactly right. And when Andrea um, was introduced to me uh, and expressed his desire, his passion to um, be mentally committed for three and a half years, the the problem that I saw with doing a documentary film about me was that it's really a difficult job. Number one, all the material which you have to choose from and what do you put in there, what order, and then what kind of current narrative do you have running through the film to make it interesting rather than just a historical, you know, he's dead and here's what he left behind. But he had a vision and uh, I think that his vision was a great one, which was to, to follow me around doing a current narrative. And I tried to explain, hey, you know, I put out, you know, little pieces of, you know, bait, and I have to wait till the media nibbles and then try to reel them in. And what are you going to do? I have a cameraman, a sound man. You know, you're going to be the director standing around. I'm living in Kentucky currently. I'm a New Yorker, but I'm a caregiver for my mom. So I'm out of my New York element. And I had to come up with something that would en- enable Andrea to be able to get what he wanted and needed to make this documentary work, to have a, a, a current theme to it. So anyway, I asked Andrea about his personal life, and he told me about his father being a doctor and his brother's a dentist. And, and we were out in Coney Island, uh, and I just started putting pieces together in my mind about what I might come up with. So you know, I, I create characters, so, you, know, I, uh, you know, from Jojo the Gypsy to Joe Bones to Giuseppe Scagoli, whatever it is I create, I need a character. And so I thought, well, I, uh, I'll create a character. and it's, This is to do the film. This is to do the film. I'm going to create a new character. We'll have a new hoax. And I will produce and direct a movie that is a hoax. And You're this, like Jackson Pollock staring at a blank <laughs> canvas for months and then going crazy, splashing shit on yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, Andrea then could uh, follow me around and film me as I produced and direct uh, my own movie, which was a hoax. So um, that prolonged the whole time that making Andrea's movie uh, – it just extended it immensely because he had to wait until my hoax, my movie, was accepted, hopefully, into film festivals and then to see where it went, if it would go anywhere and what would happen. So um, it was an unusual thing to do. The hoax was so front-loaded. It wasn't like I was doing a, a confessional booth on the street. And, right. You know, I had, I had to create a movie and then attempt to fool 
the the world with a bogus movie. Let's let's take it back a step. You've done a lot of different scams. They're generally your victim is generally a news organization or news organizations. Right. Okay. In this case, it was the film community. It was the film festival community. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you think so? I, well, it, well, I mean, they, they they were they were a tool. They were a part. They were a, yeah, they're 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 a tool. Yes. Yeah. So so this is way more ambitious than or and 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 quite a departure for you. Yeah, um, it's complicated. Uh, you shot an entire film and you made it, and there is a hoax in that film. Yes. There is something that 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 is at least a big a big a hoax as the 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 whorehouse for dogs um, or anything else you've ever done. Um. Tell me something. So you wanted to just tie this guy up for another year, I guess, Wait, like having this all unfold. It, um, is it you just enjoyed his company or you just really wanted to <laughs> harpoon his project by putting yourselves at war with the film community? <laughs> we, I mean, we sure made it difficult uh, for Andrea's ability to sell the documentary that he did about me because we, in essence, screwed film festivals. And when film festivals now, you know, look at, at the movie, the art of the, art, the, you know, think, art of the prank yeah, movie, I, it's like, you know, wait a minute. I wouldn't yeah. say you, you screwed yourselves. I think you took a big artistic risk. Yes, we did. And yes. uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to say that it's the right risk. And it's either going to work really well or, you know, maybe there's a maybe there's another hoax artist you want to do a movie about. When you found out what Joey wanted to do, did you say, like, can't we do something else? Um, can't we, can't we no, help? I just wanted to follow him. To me, this was like uh, a wild ride, uh-huh. uh, really, and a reaching process of discovery. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to force him in doing something that was good for me because mm-hmm. it, that has to be pure, you know, to follow his, his art. Otherwise, it would be my, you know, my thing. It's my thing in, in the terms of the film, but it is Joey's life and it's Joey's art. You know, my art is in the filmmaking, his art in, is in what he does. You know, so I didn't want to say anything to, to force him in doing something specifically. How do you know this guy? Uh, long story, <laughs> long story short, uh, I was working with a producer uh, in Rome on another project, and this guy uh, met Joey in Rome, and uh, you, uh, you were having a lecture there. Right. I, and so that night, that, uh, that guy told me, you know, there's a possibility of doing a film about this man, and I didn't know Joey at the time. He showed me a 2020 piece about Joey. I wasn't into documentaries at the time, and the day after I said, okay, let's put everything else in standby, uh, on standby and just do this. It's going to be quick. And it it's going to be quick. You never, you <laughs> never thought it would be three years. <laughs> and then it ended up being three years and a half. Yeah. What, was this constant work for three years, or was it something you were doing simultaneously? Yeah, with the project? pretty constant. You know, yeah, pretty constant. Pretty mm-hmm. constant. Yeah. And, and otherwise, your, your work is not in documentary. What well, kind of? now it is. I mean, not <laughs> <laughs> not only documentaries. Now I'm working on something else too. But you know, it been it has been a great discovery. Yeah. So tell me, Joey, about the movie Pandora's Hope. Pandora's Hope is the fake documentary that I produced and directed uh, so that Andrea could follow me around and, and watch me create a hoax. Yeah. And it takes place uh, on the island of Kauai, and it, it deals with uh, genetics. They're actually subjects that you're passionate about. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of truth oh, in there. Oh, yeah. About... Uh, about 
about, about science? Inter- interspecies, uh, genetic modification, uh, uh, you know, uh, GMOs. Uh, you know, a lot of hot buttons. It won't be shown at the Monsanto Film Festival, <laughs> will it? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have a sense of humor about this. It's, you know, billions and billions of dollars. So. And we see how you put together an elaborate hoax uh, involving your face. Yeah, just a prop. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, said that I... Uh, Joe Howard? I was Joe Howard. I was a... Uh, a fisherman. Yeah. So we had a boat. We had two boats. We had to have a Joe Howard's boat, and we had to have a boat uh, with a camera crew on it following Joe Howard's boat as I uh, dis- as I discussed um, certain aspects of the island of Kauai uh, to a journalist. And the journalist, of course, fake. Uh, and everyone was fake. Uh, the the subjects, the topics are real. You had to make a twenty minute movie. <laughs> yeah. A movie, yeah. a, a movie yeah. that was good enough that people at film festivals— Many, yeah. Film festivals on, on the internet. I mean, you know, uh, they bought it hook, line, and sinker, and, and they, they, they took the bait. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> they that— They bit. <laughs> I think yeah. that this hoax was a really big challenge for him. Because it's not like it's very sophisticated and it's it, about it, it real yes. serious issues. Yes. You know, it's not like a silly thing. Yes. Uh, so you were able to uh, fit yourself with the prosthetics in your mouth yeah, so I, that you I, had I, 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 I said that I was uh, in a motorcycle accident, broke my jaw in numerous places and knocked out most of my teeth. And my geneticist friend said, look, we can try something experimental. Uh, we can introduce shark stem cells into your jaw bones and see if we can regenerate your teeth. And uh, I said, let's go for it. And uh, it worked, and I uh, <laughs> I was fixed up through two dentists uh, with a, you know sharks' teeth. And sharks, of course, have interesting teeth. They have like a concentric series of teeth. Well, in their, they're their layered. Mouth. You know, and the first layered. one falls out, and then and the then next the one comes one forward. Yeah. yeah you know, so, so I, I I I thought we could you know revolutionize the dental industry by having humans now being able to regrow their teeth and swallow cows whole. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and one of the lines which you didn't see in, in Andrea's movie, which is which is in Pandora's Hope in my movie, is uh, Sarah uh, Kit Farrell, the actress who is playing the the, the news uh, reporter on my fishing boat, says uh, she's looking in my mouth, examining my teeth, and and she says, "Well, do you brush?" I said, "Yeah, I, well, I brush." I said, "But but flossing is a problem," <laughs> <laughs> and and I have you know I have layers of teeth, you know, false teeth. Fortunately, like they a were second in, set of mandibles, like in the movie yeah, The Alien. Yeah. So you know that silly, stupid prop. But we had you know serious, real dentists and assistants, and you know, I mean, dental offices and first where we made the teeth up, uh, and then where we staged the filming. And, and all these wonderful professional people all joined in to help me create this elaborate hoax. And the amazing thing is, one, you you churned out a, um, a a movie of high enough quality that you could seriously enter it into film festivals. You got accepted. Big Apple Film Festival yeah, was one I, of them. Yeah, seven uh, so far. Seven uh, took the movie, Pandora's Hope. Who were some of the others? Dance International Film Festival. We had, Lo- we had, maybe? We had, yeah. we had, that, we had in California, Los Angeles, we had New Orleans, yeah. we had uh, uh, Estonia. New filmmakers <laughs> in New York. Yeah. yeah. 
it was it was nuts. Great. So maybe not the highest rung film festivals, but film festivals that have some. It was a slow burn too, you know, because you know you get rejected by a lot of film uh, festivals, and you have to be patient. And I was, you know, in a a stage of like, oh shit, what did I do? I I backed myself into a corner. It's really difficult to get into film. I was just naive and arrogant. You know, a lot of film. I'll, I'll make a movie. It'll be in film festivals. Sure, you know, good luck. But I, you know, uh, fortunately uh, was accepted and, it, you know, got ink on the internet and ink in, in you know, in the press and uh, no one ever anywhere These are, These are shown at least seven film festivals. No one ever questioned whether a man could have shark teeth. They bought it hook, line, and sinker. And let me tell you something. Joey says hook, line, and sinker, but if you know the world of Joey Skaggs, art of the hoax, it's... Not just a movie, it's an art that you've been talking about for years. And when you talk about it, you talk about it hook, line, and sinker. What was the hook? What bait did you use? Right. What, um, what was the line? How did you put it across? And the sinker, you know, how you exposed it and how right. you brought the media right. to its knees. And every one of his uh, hoaxes, every one of his pranks, hoax is a bad word, but pranks, uh, he... Uh, examines and dissects hook, line, and sinker on his website. And he's been doing this for years. And to me, the final irony of this movie is that what does Joey become? He becomes a shark. Just like, what would you catch a shark with? Hook, line, and sinker. That's right. And so it's kind of funny. Did you yeah. even think of that? Oh, yes, that... I did. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, so that's a deliberate sort of Oh, point. yeah. Oh, yeah. And being a fisherman, you know. Yeah. Some bait on the hook, you know. Oh, yeah, the whole thing was around, you know, catching something. That is hilarious. Right now as we hear this, this movie has just been shown to a few people. Um, and we're, we're going to help keep the secret for a while as we can. Um, but it's going to get out there soon that the film festiv- so. festival community is just as vulnerable to exploitation as everybody else. Andrea, are you worried about your reputation? <laughs> not at all. No? <laughs> I'm not Joey Skaggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, do you think – I mean, I mean, this is a different sort of scam for you. Do you think that um, – I, I mean, you're, 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 you're going to say that you're not surprised that no one questioned this. I'm always surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always surprised. I mean, I, I, I do shit and I go, they fell for that? Come on. I gave red clues, you know? I, 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 there should be lights flashing, you know? Right. And please see the movie. There's so many scams we haven't talked about that are in the film. The celebrity right. sperm auction. Mm-hmm. The gooey duck. The gooey duck? Yeah. I don't even know about the gooey oh, duck. I well, it was briefly in there. I was, uh, what was his name? Ben Farnsworth fell for the gooey duck story. Uh, I was asked to do a TV show in, in Seattle. I had time to kill. I'm walking around the Greenwich Village district of Seattle at Pike Place Plaza or something like that. And uh, there was a fish store and on a stall were gooey ducks uh, on ice. I didn't know what a gooey duck was. And I inquired. It's like a giant clam with a, the penis of a horse hanging out of it. And um, I, I said, what is that? And I thought, well, this is the subject of a hoax. And at the time, the American news media was doing Japan bashing. And so I, I played the role of an environmentalist uh, and living on my sailboat in, in the Puget Sound. 
and uh, created a, a protest against the Japanese uh, overfishing and harvesting and eating uh, the gooey duck. <laughs> and and uh, why am I telling this story? I asked because about of the gooey the, duck. No, because of the many hoaxes there in the film. Yeah, But actually, we don't know. This is not even in the film. You know how painful is that for me? Like not being being able to include all the great hoaxes that Joy have done. We have a, we have a, a, we have a lot. Yeah. And if you like Ron Burgundy's sort of style journalists, you'll see a few in there. <laughs> It's leisure suits uh, to, to to current day. Let me tell you something. But uh, when I got to ABC, of course. Joey Skaggs was well-known, and every year he would send out his press release for the April Fool's Day Parade. And it would be quickly followed by an in-house uh, uh, memo. People would say, like, it's not real. It's it's Joey Skaggs. You know, so everyone's on guard for him. And uh, I start, when I started to do a, um, a pop culture column called The Wolf Files, uh, I had – i had done uh, some stories on Joey, and I did um, uh, a little bio on him like other people had done over the years. We became friends. We had dinner and stuff. And one year, you called me up, and you said, Buck, this year there is going to be an April Fool's Day parade. And I said, well, why am I going to believe this lying Joey Skaggs? He's my friend. And you know what? I thought that was a funny enough premise to write and do a radio show on. And I said, I'm just going to show up. I know there won't be there, but, like, why would Joey at this point in our friendship tell me that there, were, that, that there would be a parade and there wasn't? And I went there, and I did see a, a, a single float – And it was run by a couple of college kids. Tell me, I, tell me about it. We created a fake float uh, to have uh, these kids pretend that they believed that the parade was real. They built a float and they you know, drove it all the way from you know, wherever Syracuse, it was. Syracuse, I believe. Uh, to, it left college, left their midterm exams or whatever it was, their spring, yeah. to, to partake in the April Fool's Day Parade. And it was the lost luggage float, and it was battered luggage. It was an airline. We had signs on a, on a, on a, on a thing. It was, it was funny. We, all your broken luggage. So, you know, you want to go claim your lost luggage. You know, this was the airline's lost luggage float, and everything was smashed to pieces. And uh, you, I guess, approached them. Well, I, what happened <laughs> is I walked out of work. I, I was working at ABC News. And I walked down, uh, it was the corner of, uh, of, I think, Fifth Avenue, 59th Street. And there were some kids there, and they said they came down from college. And yeah, they said they, four of them. A couple of kids. And, and uh, they claimed that, you know, they, they, they missed school and missed uh, their test. Missed their test and stuff. And I felt bad for them. And you know what? And you're I a called, good guy. I, I called up Joey and I said, you know what? You know, you're, you're pranking a, the media is fine. The media needs to learn something. The media, um, the media could could take a lesson in humility. But like to talk students into coming down to New York City is just uncool. Like like like, like you were really you mad. You were mad. I was I, mad at you. I, I saw the footage. You you were mad. You didn't use that footage in the movie. No, no, that's a pity. Is it? Is it? <laughs> But is I saw it, the footage. You were mad. Like I I, really I mad. was because. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> well, you know, this this is such a you know I I feel bad. I when I feel bad I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I bought these kids hot dogs and drinks because I because I, I felt like they came down there for nothing. 
Yeah. And well, I and I they got you. Yeah. They got you. Well, that was Charlie I never, Todd. I, that was Charlie, Charlie Todd, Todd from uh, Improv Everywhere. Yeah, who went yeah. on to great things. Yeah. Yeah. We patched things up. Yes, we did. We made, we, we made it work. <laughs> so all great relationships, there can be no love without forgiveness, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I want to wish you a lot of luck with this project. Oh, I'm, thank you. I'm interested in seeing how the film community reacts. By the time this is yeah, we are by the too. time by, by the time this podcast airs, someone will have reacted to the fact that Pandora's hope is bullshit. Is Pandora's dope. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that, exactly. <laughs> that's, that is, that's a good headline, Buck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's all I do. That's, that's a good like, headline. I'm, I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap uh, tabloid journalist. <laughs> that's, that's good. All, that's all I got. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I want to wish you guys luck. Do you, uh, do you, do you know where you're, ta- where you're taking it? What's next? Uh, it's, uh, we're going to have okay. a three-day screening yeah, yeah. at the Denver Film Festival. Uh, then we're going to Amsterdam for the huge... Uh, market for documentaries. Uh-huh. So we're we'll gonna see, we'll see if we get a distributor for this right, thing. Right, and uh-huh. then we are gonna show uh, the film or clips from the film. We're gonna do events and lectures with Joey here in in Italy, in probably in Germany, in Berlin, and Slovenia. Slovenia. We we have something booked already, and and around the in world. Barcelona. Barcelona next year. You know, but the interesting thing that we are thinking about uh, creating new pieces, like small, short stories for yeah. each and every single hoax. Right. We are thinking about right. that. Well, I want to thank you guys for doing this. Thank I you. want to wish you luck with Art of the Prank. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Really, you will learn a lot about media, how it's evolved, and how it's manipulated when you see the film. So check it out. I want to thank my producer, Brad Shannon, and Caitlin Baguki. Thank you very much. Weird out. See you next time, everybody. Bye.